Three breeders stand in their paddocks at the foothills of a series of grand mountains, tending to the owlbear cubs they are raising, to sell to those who would use them for purposes both mundane and military. Rain starts to slowly drizzle down as one owlbear breeder holds out a hand, looking towards the sky. They see light clouds overhead, but dark, heavy clouds over the mountains, as a storm of immense rain can be seen raging down in the centre of the mountain range. Then, as if out of nowhere, another storm forms within it, raining down in the opposite direction with intense hail and ice. As the storms of ice and water fume, a violent explosion of shards of ice flying every direction from out of the eye of the storm is seen, and a few seconds later, heard. Isn't that dragon roost? asks one of the breeders. <laughs> no, replies another. It was. Welcome back to Co-Pilots. I'm your co-pilot, Andy. And I'm your co-co-pilot and Dungeon Master, Cam. For uh, part three of Flying Solo, a D&D adventure. And I made... I made mistakes. Well, Cassidy made mistakes, but I made mistakes for those of you that listened to episode two. Uh, for those of you that haven't listened to episode two, maybe do that before listening to this. Otherwise, shit's not going to make sense. Um, but Cassidy, Butterbush, just trying her best and unfortunately kind of exasperated problems with the casting of an old ice storm and, um, we, we ran away. We, we ran away hastily. And, um, I suppose, Cam, what, what now? Yes, so, behind you is some icy devastation. That someone seems to have caused <laughs> on this on this area of the city, uh, but you are jogging away from that with your wizard friend Plisetsky, who you have acquired and added to your inventory. So uh, one good thing last episode, one very bad thing. <laughs> Karma is at a zero right now. Oh god, best you can hope for. And you are at the palace of one High Prince Adama. Who you are here to visit and hopefully collect another wizard from to uh, catch them all. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, uh, Ludwig, our lovely um, merchant of the mind. Okay, is that what, what, what did we call him? Mercenary of the Mercenary mind? of the mind. Mercenary of the why did I say merchant of the mind? He's a mind flayer. He's selling people <laughs> grey matter. Um, the mercenary of the mind, Ludwig. Litwick is uh, there in this particular. The princess is in this castle, isn't it? That is correct. Correct. <laughs> Uh, you said princess instead of wizard. I said collect instead of correct. <laughs> We're off to a hot start, people. <laughs> uh, and you you approach this palace, which, as I said last time, is very utilitarian. There's not much in the way of color or decorum. Uh, and you see just a couple of guards at the door. No moats, no fancy fences or bridges. Just a very standard... Like wooden double door. It's not even huge arches or anything. And you see these guys. They're very um, very British. Like uh, formal coats, formal pants. Waiting there. They seem like they're not going to move if you talk to them. That kind of thing. Uh, and they are standing there. And next to one of them 
is Litwick, who seems to be calling you over. Oh, waving kind of both excitedly and very, very panicked. Um, hello, Litwick, hello, my boy. Uh, quickly, quickly, let's progress. Uh, what's going on? What, what have you done? Uh, well, lucky for you, uh, I'm here, Butterbeard. But first, please tell me that wasn't you, was it? Whatever do you mean? Okay, let's, let's stick with that. Let's stick with that. Okay, uh, I have booked you an appointment appointment with High Prince Adama. And can I just say, you are lucky to have me. He is a busy and very bureaucratic man. And you'd have been waiting probably a week for an appointment. So uh, you're welcome. So a couple of things to discuss before we go in there. Okay, my boy, you seem quite serious. I'm all ears. And holds chatters up to uh, his lips as well. Ear out, uh, mm. waiting and ready. Listen, when we see him, there's nothing Adama loves more than his city. So, under no possible circumstance should he know that you are responsible for what just happened. Whatever do you mean? Keep that up. For the love of God, please keep that up. Righty-tighty. Or that you... Burned a cart down, is that right? And spent time imprisoned for an indeterminate amount of time. Ah, oh, that was days ago and I don't have a sense of object permanence, so we're fine. Let's just hope the, the same uh, is true of Adama. The point I'm making is don't let him know these things. Uh, pretend you've got a clean record. He is a busy man. Uh, it sounds like neither of you have met the other before. You should be good. Just follow my lead. Okay, uh, before we walk in there, um, are there any, like, formalities or pretense, any uh, way I should address him? Uh, should I bow, curtsy, cartwheel? You know, what, what's the what's the goal? Just do whatever you do, wherever you're from, and try not to make me look bad. Whatever I do wherever I'm from, not a problem. I'm going to regret that, but, uh, whatever, you've already paid me the first half. Uh, and as you go through the door, you see a very white, like, reception area. And there's <laughs> there's seating and stuff and a, a door on the other end. Uh, and there are a couple of uh, tiefling women. Uh, tieflings are kind of demon people-ish. They have kind of demonic tails and uh, horns in, in various different fashions. And so there's one here with a very, almost a light pink skin tone and one with a more burgundy skin tone and they, they, they wave you over and ask um Hi there do you have an appointment today? Um I just <clears throat> Cassidy gestures directly to Litwick and lets him take the lead as per his instructions. Oh my god. Sally, I was look, I was just here. Okay, I have been talking to you for the last hour. It's this is Cassidy Butterbeard, the wizard. Cassidy is nodding furiously. <laughs> uh, she's with me. Uh, and this tiefling just, like, turns to the other tiefling and says, Pammy, do we have a a, a Cassidy uh, booked in? And Cassidy holds Chatters up to the other tiefling and makes Chatters nod furiously. Uh, the first tiefling girl is just, like, nodding along, just, like, thinking it's some kind of social cue. Uh, because just uh, for a bit of history of this world, uh, tieflings uh, are not from the, the same uh, home continent as most of the other races you've run into. The dwarves, uh, elves, orcs, uh, humans, halflings, uh, 
tieflings are from a, a fairly small island nation are very far to the south. So their social cues may a bit be a bit off, and they're also uh, a bit less common. Uh, I'm sure, though, that Cassie has seen some in her time because she's been uh, around a, a good long while, and I hear she knows a guy or two. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes through the file and says, uh, Oh, yes, dear, uh, go on through... Uh, and they they gesture to the door, and the uh, the the guards at the door open it up, and once again everyone here is very kind of uh, dress formals, very military. Uh, as you're you're free to to go through the door, and uh, Litwick gestures for you to take the lead. Cassidy uh, approaches the door, and in her normal fashion, goes to start almost like hastily skipping through, as she would, but quickly like restrains herself, mm. you know, recognising the gravity of the situation. But if you look closely, a, a keen-eyed individual would see, like, the odd, just casual hop in her heel just on every kind of second. <laughs> She's fighting the urge ever so mm. hard. Ever so hard. Chatters is no longer held up in any fashion. He is. Um, she has one arm by her side with cradling the bottom of chatters you know so he's still there <laughs> as if he was watching he isn't but mm. as if he could watch what was happening but it's very very discreet mm. and um she walks in looks at Litwick, kind of unsure and wants to litwick wants to uh, gauge whether it's okay for her to announce herself i suppose mm. would she know or oh, she's been around for a while Cassidy wouldn't usually care. <laughs> um, so Cassidy clears her voice and goes, um, uh, Hi, Prince Adama. Cassidy Butterbeard here at your service. Thank you so much for granting me an audience. Uh, as you kind of look back, you see Litwick, who, as he's seen your weirdly formal, non-formal walk, he has like his hands and it's just like in his coat pockets, <laughs> like very nonchalant. And like, as you look back at him, he just gives you kind of a, a shrug, like could have gone a lot better. Could have Could gone, gone a lot, lot worse. worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Adama uh, looks up. And what you see here is at the far end of the room is this very utilitarian kind of... It can barely even be called a throne. It's not as tall as even Adama himself is. And unlike Apollo, he's not in these kind of white high princely robes. He's in what looks to be his like old probably Admiral's kind of outfit, very uh, military uh, dress outfit. Cool. And he's got this uh, very tall uh, tiefling man uh, standing next to him. He's probably a right-hand man or a protector of of some sort. And between him and you is a 30-foot bridge uh, with handrails, uh, which is only about 10 feet wide. Uh, And below that, is a significant oh, drop. Oh, goodness. Uh, which expands <clears throat> all the way from the, the left side of the room uh, to the right. And uh, as a dwarf, you have night vision. So you can see up to, I believe, 60 feet in the dark. And looking down, you can't see where this ends. <laughs> so it is just Fantastic. just darkness. And Adama says, uh, Miss Butterbeard, I've been expecting you. Uh, how can I help today? I hear you're a man who loves his city, and to that effect I wish to borrow your uh, your court wizard. To what end, Miss Butterbeard? Do you understand why they call it the punch ball? Yes. That name's about to come to fruition. You're talking about the storm 
Hi, the storm. And you expect that my wizard Morgan can help you because... Because four wizards are better than one. And essentially the short version of the plan is get all the wizards plus me magical self and hold back the tides until the until the storm passes. Honestly, I don't see Morgan helping anybody. Uh, tell me this, Ms. Butterbeard. Can I trust you? Of course you can. Question. It seems there's been a commotion outside. Some significant damage to uh, surrounding buildings, so I'm told. What do you know of this? I know it's a terrible, terrible, terrible storm we're having. And if somebody, who knows whom, but if somebody were to try and do any sort of magical defense, it would not necessarily go down well if it were not thought through. Miss Butterbeard, can you stop talking nonsense and please tell me what you know of what happened outside? Yeah, it looks like somebody cast a spell, my boy. Did you see who? I'm, I'm afraid not. We passed straight through the commotion on our way to see you and to get the wizard. A shame. Now, another thing. that Before I lend out my, my wizard, as useful as she is not, it's important that I know I can... Like, like a library, I need to know. I can trust you to, to borrow things and return them. So, uh, have you been caught up in any criminal matters in the past few months, let's say? Criminal matters? Me, my boy? No, not at all. That's good. That's very good. And, uh, finally, it's important for me to know about your character. Uh, when you escaped the prisons, uh, earlier today, did you check to see if there was anyone else left down there to ensure that they didn't drown if there was anyone around? I tell you what, I certainly did not, and I certainly regret it. But... If you don't mind me interjecting, I think the fate of an entire city holds greater precedence over the fate of a few. Well, Miss Butterbeard, I don't appreciate your dishonesty, and I doubt I can trust you with my wizard when I have asked three questions and you have lied heartily as to two of them. Well, Malish, the problem with truth is it's terribly subjective. Latwick, my boy! Do you believe that in my heart of hearts, I have lied? Adama just cuts you off and says, No! This scoundrel will do no more talking, Miss Butterbeard. You are a liar, and you have no honor, you cannot be trusted, and you will be having no wizard of mine today. Goodbye. Well, say goodbye to your city then, my boy. Bye-bye! And she just turns around and walks mm. on. Uh, Litwick interjects, and just as he walks past you, he's like, Thank God you've got me. There is one other option, Your Excellency. And uh, Adama stops and like, Oh? And the waiter says, I think you know what I'm talking about, sir. And Adama looks back down at him and just says, Do you really think she would... I doubt it, that wake. But fine. Ms. Butterbeard. A chance to prove your honor. A duel against my champion. If you win, you shall have my trust, and I shall know you are serious about this cause. A duel, do you say? Right we are, then. A duel we shall have. Wonderful. Captain Howard, step forward, if you will. 
and the the tiefling man uh, to his right steps forward onto the bridge on that end and Litwick just kind of taps you on the shoulder and gestures for you to, to do the same on your end. So Cassidy approaches the bridge and she's raising... Not raising chatters up like she's going to cast a spell, but she's definitely weighing up her options here. Mm. And um, her shoe kind of clicks onto the bridge and the other, and she pauses watching the, the captain and waiting for what I presume is a cue. Okay, uh, as you step onto the bridge, these metal handrails on the side uh, go down, exposing you to the chasm below, and a handrail uh, lifts up behind you, basically uh, locking you both onto this bridge. And this captain looks to you, uh, and then turns back and says, uh, Sir, she appears to be injured. And Adama looks over at you and asks, Is this true, Butterbeard? Hey, my lad. I mean, my liege. Your Excellency. But, uh, this is an honorable duel, Ms. Butterbeard, and perhaps you deserve no honor, as you have displayed none. But fair is fair. And he throws you a greater potion of healing. And, um, as... Cassidy catches it. She does a sort of like overly formal, like gesturing of thanks and acceptance, kind of <laughs> shaking it towards him and then holding it to her chest and shaking it back. Like it's it's very very nervous <laughs> and it's very quirky. And mm. I think you you get the image. And pops the cap, throws it down, and um, should have maybe done an investigation. <laughs> What happens? I think you can trust the high prince of the of the land. Very good. Hopefully. At the very least, you could hope that Litwick would warn you. Uh, but no, this is a, a greater potion of healing. And you get the effects of such. Okay, so that's healing. Old Cassidy Butterbeard from 20 up to 36. 44 plus 4. So... Roll initiative, if you'd be so kind. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's cocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a four. Uh, plus, oh, uh, Jesus. Minus one. <laughs> it's a three. Dwarves are the not, not the most dexterous nor the speediest. I think I've got the Will Wheaton curse. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Captain Howard has rolled an 18... Oh, by Jesus. Plus something. <laughs> plus numbers. Uh, 18 I, plus I don't think it's a minus 17. So let's say he goes first. <laughs> let's say he goes first. Uh, and he takes a step forward, and he's got his his right hand on the hilt of his sword, which is still sheathed. And he's got his, his right foot back. And he's got his left foot forward, and he's got his left hand up in what appears to be a defensive pose. Uh, and he just takes a few steps forward and stops. And the turn passes to you. Can you please remind me how long the bridge is? 30 feet. And he's taken a few steps forward and has stopped in front of me, so he's about 15 feet away? Uh, it's about like 25 feet. 25 feet away, okay. Cassidy's movement is 25. Calmly. I don't want to say peacefully, because a show has to be had. <laughs> but she approaches the full distance. And now sometimes you let me do this and sometimes you don't. So for the sake of the podcast, 
Will you allow Cassidy to use her turn to strike up dialogue? Uh, yes, of course. Mums. You're always welcome to speak. Uh, the question is, depending how much you speak, will you get an action? Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to try and deploy, like, <laughs> sending rules. There's <laughs> 25 words or less. Um, hushed of voice. And it's, uh, for anybody watching this, it looks like Cassidy's almost assumed a boxing stance <laughs> with chatters up in, like, you know, almost in front of mm. her face to kind of stop Adama or even Litwick from seeing what she's saying. And she says <laughs> to her rather large opponent, I imagine, um, all right, so this is kind of bigger than both of us. We need to make this seem real, but I need you to throw the fight for the city, not for me, for the city. Just grunt twice, if you understand. And passes the turn. <laughs> you pass Okay. <laughs> All right, he says, uh, oh, I'll be throwing. All right. And he grabs you. Uh, roll a, a strength contest. Oh, Jesus. Strength contest of all things. That's an 18. That is a 7. So he tries to grapple you. Uh, sorry, a 7 plus, but plus 3, but still. Uh, he, he tries to to grapple you and just throw you straight off the bridge. Uh, but with your your hands in this defensive pose, you manage to, to shake him off. And Cassidy winks. I'm a buxom lass. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... Uh, kind of copying his um, his strategy almost, I think Cassidy is going to conjure up a Thunder Dave. So the main effect of Thunder Wave that I want to invoke here is the... The push. push mm. The push 10 feet away. Okay. Um, now, obviously, I imagine D&D rules is going to send him straight back. Um, mm. But, well, it's you, a start. You can maneuver <laughs> if you wish. This bridge is... How uh, wide is this bridge? Uh, 10 feet, which means you have, have room to kind of step around him. Okay, cool. So moving diagonally. So mm. uh, thinking kind of... You yeah, know, just kind of stepping yeah. around him. So that Very it, like like fighting game Tekken as you kind of just move around on the, the third dimension. Spot on. Yep. Spot on. Um, left, down, left. And then X. <laughs> Marvellous. Kazoya uppercut. Um, we will go... Uh, yeah, he just, he's just like, damn it, you can't pause to check the moves. <laughs> She holds chatters up and there's like a list of <laughs> <laughs> controller moves. Yep. Up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right. B-A. <laughs> right. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you must make a constitution saving throw. Okay. If you will. Now, um, for certain listeners that are very discerning about this type of thing... <laughs> That is against my spell save DC, is that correct? Yes. Marvellous. It's 15. Okay. <laughs> I must... That is an 11. Plus 2 is 13. Ha <laughs> ha! Continue. <laughs> so, uh, he will take 2d8 thumb- thunder damage and is pushed Ooh. 10 feet. Alright, roll the damage first there. D8. That is not a D8. That is a t- <laughs> 6. 7. Okay. Uh, so he is successfully pushed and as you maneuver yourself and kind of raise your hand and sparks start flying around it he takes a step back so one foot is right on the edge of his bridge and as you thunder wave him he leans back and leans into it and jumps off the bridge and he is sent much farther than, than 10 feet and he's 
uh, dropped about ten feet below the bridge. Uh, but you see him, and after the, the flash and everything clears, you see him with his sword stuck into the grouting of the wall right at the edge <laughs> as he is hanging from it with one hand. And for his turn, he simply, and I'll roll a... Uh, what's it called? Ruby Dexterity? Athletics. Athletics. Yep, just to, to climb up his his own sword, and that is... You can't look. You cheeky, <laughs> I'm cheeky... I'm curious! Now it's a 20. <laughs> uh, that is a 12 plus 3, which is a 15, which is just enough to, to climb up, and you see him now uh, crouched down with both feet uh, standing on the hilt of his sword and one hand uh, holding onto it. As he is still in the game, just. So he's perched on the sword presently. Yes. Now, is the point of impact, like where the sword is into the wall, visible to Cassidy? Yes, very clearly. Okay. Okay, so looking at his... What type of sword is it? It is a short sword. Is it short and broad? Not particularly. Not particularly no, it's a, a, a very standard short sword. Okay, cool. Um, Ray of Frost on the sword. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so... Ray of Frost, Ray of Frost, Ray of Frost. Now, this is really a lesson to me to get some damn spell cards and not have to use my damn laptop for <laughs> looking up every single spell. <laughs> Because every time I do that, normally, I pause the podcast. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Frigid Beam, a blue-white light, uh, make a ranged spell attack on a hit. Uh, so, making a ranged spell attack. Okay. For the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and it's meant to be an actual attack roll this time. <laughs> That's a five, my boy. <laughs> okay, uh... You hit close to the sword, but uh, that's not quite it. Enough to give away what her plan is. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly so. And now Captain Howard, he pulls out a dagger uh, from his belt, and you see he's got two of them on there. Mm -hmm. So he pulls out one dagger and uh, chucks it in the wall, holds onto that tight, and then pulls the short sword out and just starts to climb and I think he's he's hanging from both the short sword and the dagger uh, at the same height as you at this point oh cool uh, and he's also moving uh, a little bit towards uh, the left uh, towards Adama's side so he can get back on the ground and run back to the bridge okay okay so the walls are stone yeah yeah stone exactly so there's fairly thick like grouting between them that he can can fit these mm. weapons into. And the bridge is made of? Uh, stone for the most part, but uh, metal uh, around the edges. Okay. okay, and okay. So I think what we'll try this time is uh, Cassidy's feeling a little bit... Uh, what, what's the distance from Cassidy right now? Uh, 20 feet to the, uh, the wall from here. Okay, cool. So I think Cassidy is going to channel her inner cowgirl. <laughs> what she wants to try is a lightning lure. Mm. And 
kind of trying to lasso him off the (laughs) wall. Um, So we will. So because the rules did not clearly stipulate to stay on the bridge, like a sumo arena, um, Cassidy's going to like move off the bridge towards the Adama side um, so that she's within 15 feet of Dude on the Wall. And casting uh, Lightning Lua is going to try and like lasso him and pull him off the wall, right? So uh, it's a strength save. The target must pass a strength save or be pulled up to 10 feet in a straight line to you. Okay. Uh, I'm presuming there's some chasm between him and I, yes? Yeah, cool. so it's kind of you're at the, the diagonal from him at this point. Uh, and he intentionally flubs the save and takes the damage, if you'd be so kind as to roll it. The damage, the damage, the damage is uh, 1d8. Grab the one that looks like a diamond, Dandy. That's a three! Uh, just a straight up three? Yep. Okay. Uh, he is looking a bit uh, frazzled. His hair's kind of on end <laughs> at this point. Uh, as he's been getting uh, a tad shocked. As he kind of jumps into it. And uh, you're 15 feet away, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this pulls him 10 feet in. Uh, so he manages to land uh, with his hands on the edge of this chasm. Uh, just holding on. Okay, so he is at the mercy of this lure right now, yeah? Mm. Well, no, I'm saying like he has been brought in by this lure. Yeah. And he has jumped into it and it has pulled him towards you and he has managed to land kind of on your side. Mm. Uh, And he is just hanging on by his hands, very uh, Obi-Wan at the end of Phantom Menace kind of thing. Good word picture. Fantastic. <laughs> I know exactly what's yeah. happening. Uh, so you're about to duff all this shit. Hmm. Cut in half, falling down. <laughs> uh, but Spoilers. We'll enjoy having you back with robot legs for the cartoon. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassidy is going to... Now... Sorry. I'm sorry, Cassidy. Um, Whose turn is it? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Go on. Uh, and he is just going to roll a strength. A performance check to go along with the ruse. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you got me, he says. I lose. I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> uh, oof. Uh, he fails on that one. And... Bam, that's it. That's a, a three. So as he tries to climb back up, he, he falls a bit further. Uh, and manages to just get his fingers on the, the grouting in the stone and kind of get a foothold, but it's not a good situation for him. Okay. Now, I'm um, just discussing the nature of Lightning Lure because it is a, a evocation cantrip, um, but its duration is instant. Like, I don't have a lasso on him now, do I? No, it's just... It a... happened and now it's gone. Yeah. Okay, very good, very good, very good. Um, whew, oh, God, boy. And there's no way to know what's at the bottom of... of this thing now is there no unless you ask <sighs> Cassidy's gonna take a gamble <laughs> Cassidy's gonna take a big old gamble now the strength of gust of wind right do you think it would be enough to updraft him out of the chasm oh it would definitely help you could also lend a hand to pull him out if you really want to help him with this Hmm. Because hmm, hmm, hmm. I couldn't do both, could I? I couldn't do one than the other. 
Uh, you could do the gust of wind and just have your hand out for him to grab, for sure. Right. Um, so Cassidy's like right on the edge above him and just audibly says, Now you go along with this, my boy. Points chatters facing down to him. <laughs> and a gust of wind is starting to push up the chasm. Um, so it's a line of strong wind, mm. uh, 60 feet long. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's moving up the wall, Mm. trying to kind of cushion him and support him in in a way. Um, I'm really leaning on rule of cool here. (laughs) No, this is like pure allowed rules as written as I can see. So Chatter's in one hand, casting the spell, magical focus, and her other hand kind of out in a very obvious, like, grasping motion, like four fingers pointing towards her, thumb to the sky, reaching down. Yeah. Uh, he is going to roll a strength check uh, to basically try and uh, climb up assisted by the wind. So cool. advantage on his check to, to climb on up. Uh, and that is a a 13 or a 3. Uh, but it's, advantage is 13 uh, plus 3 for 16, which is enough for him to yep, to climb out of this thing uh, and kind of... Uh, he grabs into your, your wrist, mm-hmm. I think, and... Do you help him up, or is this a, a very awful trick where you push no, him? No, no. Cassidy, yeah. like, with all of her might, pulls him, reefs him up, yeah. and she's not the you know, strongest person in the world, so if she mm. succeeds, she kind of falls back, and she's on the ground, you know? Yeah. Like, it's very strained. Yeah. Uh, and he just stands up and uh, walks back onto the bridge uh, as far along as he can. He turns around and goes back into that same starting pose with his right hand on his one remaining dagger Mm -hmm. uh, kind of sheathed in that same position and just seems to want to rumble. Okay. So in terms of initiative order, um, do I have a moment to say a thing? Yeah, no, up to to you. So the whole point of me being here, Adama, is to save people, not to kill this one. Can we stop this, please? A win acquired through tricks, Miss Butterbeard, is no win at all. I need to see that you're willing to put your life on the line for honor, Miss Butterbeard. A challenge of honor cannot be won with chicanery. Cassidy goes up to the bridge and sits in front of the tiefling. Okay. (laughs) She sits and waits. Okay. The tiefling kind of scratches his head... For a moment, he seems kind of unsure hmm. uh, what's going on, and he starts to to step forward uh, very cautiously. Hmm. Uh, obviously, he was expecting tricks from you uh, with the Thunder Wave. He was kind of prepared for a lot of things, and he's not sure what to expect here. So he kind of steps around and cautiously walks behind you. Hmm. Uh, what do you do at this point? So, are you just like meditating, eyes closed, looking forward? Cassidy is, um, she's put chatters kind of on, imagine like a string of almost Buddhist prayer beads. Like, they're not Buddhist prayer beads, but that's the best thing I can think of. And like, it's like a surfboard tether so that, so that chatters won't fall away. Mm. But she releases chatters and he's dangling there and she sits and goes no i'm not going to have a bar of this this is not on the mission this is not part of cassidy's narrative 
If I need to prove anything with honor or in my life, take it now. Roll a string save. That's a two. Uh, sorry, uh, contest. Uh, he just comes up behind you <clears throat> and kicks you. Very good. Sparta? Uh, not even very Sparta. It's just like he places his foot on you and then kind of slowly increases the pressure until you're not on the bridge. Oh, okay, cool. So it was like a gentle pushing. Yeah, exactly. It's just like uncertain until he just kind of ramps it up and then off you go. As you fall backwards into the chasm. What if Cassidy on the way down knows a guy? (laughs) (laughs) It's very clutch, but uh, you can try. (laughs) Um, Whispering, not even whispering at this point, is very, very clutch. Mm. So quick yell to chatters, the phrase, Isaac the Louder Wizard, I invoke your presence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Things go into slow motion as this happens, uh, as you're you're falling, and we can like see like beads of sweat slowly like falling off Cassidy, and we see a hummingbird is down here, and we see its wings flapping very slowly, in this kind of slow down montage, and we see just on the wall as you're falling, and it's kind of like completely pitch black at this point, but it things suddenly light up as you see a pentagram form on the wall and from out of it comes this this red figure just like pure like demonic he's got the wings he's got the horns he's got it all uh, and he's wearing like a wizard robe <laughs> and, he's, and he's got a wizard stick and I don't mean like a cane I mean it's ten it's ten a series bit. of fully drunken cans for the Australian listeners yep duct tape sorry <laughs> yep yep uh, and you see him kind of walk up the wall as though gravity is just that way for him. And as things are slow motion for you, he walks in regular speed and just kind of walks up to the top and places the top of a rope ladder just at the edge of this wall <laughs> and just uh, drops it and lets it unfurl. And then he walks back to this, this pentagram and uh, gives you just like a... Almost just a, like a two-finger salute. Like, very casual. <laughs> uh, and then he gives you this, like, roadrunner, wily ki- coyote look. As he sees you, like, falling in the middle of this room. Uh, this this chasm. And he looks to this this rope ladder he has erected. Which is at the very edge oh, of the no! chasm. Uh, and he just lets out, like, a, a silent laugh. Like like Roadrunner seeing Wiley Coyote just fall down and fail in his hunt trap as he sinks back into his pentagram. Oh, God. And things go back into real time. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, and you don't have enough, I guess, air control as this big just dumpling of a wizard. <laughs> this big, this, this big dwarven wizard to, to maneuver over there. This dwarven cures over wizard. Mm. Uh, and you see the light of the pentagram fade as things just cut to black for you. Uh, listeners, this is what railroading looks like. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm going to sit still on the bridge during a duel looks like. Oh, I tried. Very good. But I'm going to quickly write down... Uh, what was it? Isaac the uh, the Ladder Wizard? Isaac the Ladder Wizard! <laughs> Look, at the start, I said the more specific in clutch it is, <laughs> the less useful and... <laughs> you did. Okay, fair. 
normally in a situation, if you'd asked for something like this, I would have this NPC just turn on you and say, we're not friends anymore, and hit you. <laughs> that seems unnecessary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, DM. Thank you, DM. I have another DM. <laughs> you absolutely can't. <laughs> You're stuck with me, baby. Uh, but uh, your eyes slowly open, and you're in significant pain. And you have this weird floating sensation, and you wonder if you might be dead. And from above, you can hear Litwick uh, for the to- first time talking in more than a just a very like casual near whisper. And he's just yelling, like, I can't believe you! I mean, you, you're throwing wizards to their death when they're here to... And this is all very faint to you as your, your ears are ringing. And he's saying, like, what kind of leader are you? No wonder there's a revolution coming! And all this kind of thing as, as you feel this weird floating sensation and you, you kind of start to open your eyes and get your vision back. And I think you open your mouth to, to yell and just, like, nothing comes out. And you realize that you're at the bottom of this, this chasm which fortunately for you has flooded oh wow uh and as your feet kind of dangle under the water you can feel the spikes which would have been meant for you oh geez and you hear uh, as you look around uh you can feel like you're pretty sure your back is broken because you have just back belly flopped (laughs) into a body of water much lower than where you were and like at this point you can't even see the bridge up above but you see a number of weird, like, circular openings, almost like kind of the uh, London Underground kind of aesthetic, uh, as you see uh, a few uh, pathways which seem to be uh, leading here. And you see a few of these kind of up and around the chasm, almost honeycombed through, as though they are a part of walkways and chasms and sewers and that kind of thing, which are here before the chasm was kind of dug down. Uh, and you hear uh, the sound of a girl sobbing oh. uh, coming from one of them at your level. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so what direction is it in? Um, how far away does the sobbing sound? It's very like echoey and reverberating. Oh, okay, so uh, it's hard to tell. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you can tell the direction okay. well enough, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's super far off. Is there like a stream? Is there a flow to this water or is it it's stagnant? completely still. Okay. Um, what I think Cassidy will do, she's got a broken back, um, thoracic cervical lumbar, like, we're, whereabouts? <laughs> Cassidy doesn't know. <laughs> can she, she can't I, I know, I know the difference. Uh, yeah, you've got kind of full range of motion, it's just, it's very, very, very painful. painful. Okay. Cassidy is going to use, uh... Magic missile. (laughs) (laughs) To propel herself. Okay. So Cassidy will (laughs) will put chatters under the water, painfully, and cast magic missile to Uh, propel herself like Cassidy jet boat butterbeer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah. Do you want me to make rolls for this or what? No. uh, (laughs) Turns out you don't actually roll for magic missile. Oops. Who who would have thunk it? But yeah, you just kind of make your way into this this opening which has like just enough of a water level that this kind of propulsion can still uh, carry on towards this crying and use it. Oh my god! 
Uh, and you're just kind of, I guess, lying there, just mm. like flat on your back, yeah. in a very bad situation. And she kind of gets up and, and runs over to you, and you see this uh, rather tall, very lanky uh, elven girl. Oh. Uh, and she's wearing jeans, Converse, like <laughs> band T-shirt kind of thing. Nirvana or more like Slayer or... Uh, come up with a funny fantasy version of one of those. Okay, fantastic. Um, <laughs> literally Def Leppard. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, she is wearing a, a Def Leppard shirt. <laughs> it's just Excellent. a leopard with hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> the music's terrible. <laughs> and it just says, like, thank you for visiting Fandolin Zoo down in the, uh, on the back. <laughs> Ah, oh, my dear, I, I feel like you're the, the person, exact person I'm here for. Uh, I could really use maybe some healing, but then we should, uh, with the wizard boy up... St- oh, fuck me. Mm. <laughs> Quick question. What did you do with... Because uh, I forget yeah, the wizard boy. Uh, Plusetsky, yeah. Did you have him come in with you? Did you leave him outside? I, uh, based upon the, the narrative or lack thereof for Pesetsky, I imagined he, he didn't enter the castle. I imagine mm. he's out the front. Mm. Possibly in the waiting room? Let's say yes. Mm. Just to just maybe annoying stop the, you uh, from screwing it. <laughs> just, I, I just want to know where all the pieces are no, at this that's point. Fair. So Pesetsky is just like studying the tieflings from afar. Like mm. he, he, if he was allowed to, he'd have like a sextant and he'd be like measuring their horns yeah. and shit. Like he's fascinated by these, you know, clearly like, magic yeah. bloodline. Yeah. yeah. I think it's making them very uncomfortable as well. Yeah. Like a creepy guy staring at you on yeah. a bus. It's like a little bit too much attention. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, this girl kind of kneels down. She's like, oh, hold, hold up. Wait, wait. And she, she reaches around and, and gets a, a potion of healing out and, and gives that to you. Uh, and it's not a lot of healing, but it's just enough to kind of undo the very recent damage. Okay, cool. So if we had to put a, a numerical value... <laughs> I would say you were at what you were at, <laughs> what you were at before you fell. Okay, marvellous. That's lovely. Thank you so much. And... um. Uh, I suppose that Cassidy's good enough now to at least have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. My dear, oh, thank you so much. I don't suppose you know why I'm here, do you? Um, are you... Um, I... No, uh, I'm... I'm Morgan, by the way. Uh, who are you? I'm Cassidy Butterbeard, you gorgeous cherub. <laughs> Can Cassidy do an arcana check to, like, wizard to wizard figure out if if this is a magical girl? Yeah. That is a 19 mm. plus 7 for proficiency in Arcana. So, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling when it counts! Uh, yeah, she's just kind of, as you kind of eye her up and down, she's like, what are you looking at? As she kind of, like, covers her chest with her hands, she suddenly feels very uncomfortable. Cassidy lingers. <laughs> uh, uh, she is a magical person of very little power from what you can tell. Okay. How did you... I'm making some assumptions here, my dear, but how did you end up the court wizard for Adama? Um, is, how did you know? I'm... Most people don't really think I'm... I'm not really... You know, I don't really consider myself much of a... a Cassidy just interrupts her and gives her like a little nudge with her elbow and just goes, us wizarding folks need to stick <laughs> together. Uh, yeah, and she just kind of squats down on her knees. 
it seems almost out of like exhaustion more so than getting yeah. down to your height because <laughs> she is like very tall and lanky and you are a you know this is very much a, uh, a gimli and legolas <laughs> situation legolas <laughs> legally distinct legolas <laughs> tm 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 yeah, Jimli and Legolas. Uh, my original. Like, Jimli is just this yoked dwarf, <laughs> just deadlifts all day. Uh, mm. So Jimli and Legolas, it's just, yeah. it's just all legs. Yeah. Oh no. Just for a, a visual comparison. Just for a visual comparison. No. All right. All right. All right. So. <laughs> All right, um, so the brief plan, I've got uh, Pesetsky upstairs. Do you know Pesetsky? Um, the, the wizard. Hey! I'm a big fan. I've never seen him before. He, he taught one of my classes once. Oh, he'll like you very much, my dear. I promise. So you, me, Pesetsky, and what other? We're going to get all the wizards together and stop this punch ball from feeling. Do you understand? Um, but the, the flood, right? Hey! It's just, I... I'm not really... I don't think I can really... And as she's trying to stammer out, from what you can gather, what she's probably getting at is that she is a shitty wizard. (laughs) Uh, You hear uh, a wailing, screeching sound, uh, and she yells, Oh God, they're here! And she she kind of crouches down and and hides behind you, and you hear this wailing kind of reverberating and and getting closer, and she kind of says, "I, I, I... I got lost down here, and I think this place is kind of haunted by the, like, g- g- ghosts of all the, the people that kind of died in the, the pit, and I'm scared, Cassidy. Cassidy, despite her lack of height, kind of puffs herself up and says, uh, <sighs> Well, we've done this once today. I suppose we'll have to do it another. Now, I'll be honest. I'm going to need your help with this one, just a little bit. So, Cassidy feels like she knows a guy. But it, not to do maybe what you might necessarily think. It's not mm-hmm. Bill Murray with a vacuum cleaner. Like, that's we're not including him in this universe. It's not Luigi in his mansion. Rip. <laughs> Rip Luigi. Um, somebody who can modify... Artifacts. Somebody who can take the the dwarves right from uh, God of War, God of War three. Have you played God of War three? <laughs> I have not. Okay, so we've got some interdimensional dwarves, right? <laughs> <laughs> interdimensional, interdimensional travelers. No, the interdimensional dwarves that modify weapons. They're your smiths in the game, right? Where my brain is stuck is. Who could have possibly ever done work on Chatters? Who is the character that has done work on Chatters, right? Mm. <laughs> That's where I'm stuck. Who are the gods in this world? Do we have gods? We do have gods. We've got the uh, the new pantheon and the old. Okay, new panthers and old panthers. Go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have... We've got King Chichala. Chichala, I should say. He's the Black Panther, which mm. is good. So he's yep. like Emissary of the Raven Queen. Yep, you've got a, a Steve Martin, Pink Panther. <laughs> that's, that's all the Panther jokes yeah, we, we have, Yeah, we've done all our colour Panthers. We're, we're done. We're kind of done here. <laughs> uh, but you've got a, 
a pantheon you might be familiar with. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Apollo, who's kind of like the, the god of uh, light, music, uh, healing, and so some of that religion has come through in the naming of our, our young high prince. Pan, god mm-hmm. of nature. Hermes, god of, of travel. Uh, Artemis, Athena. So a, a, a whole pantheon of gods there. Uh, and then you have the old gods. Osiris, Horus, uh, Isis, Seth, yes. Sekhmet, and, and Ra. And each of the... Uh, the six races who inhabited Saint Domingue, the the homeland of these these races, uh, felt that one of these gods corresponded to them. Uh, but it's now believed that these were not gods, but uh, kind of uh, protean ancient uh, uh, evolutionary ancestors. Uh, so these these gods might have actually been uh, individuals uh, a long time ago. So that's kind of the old pantheon and. Uh, the new who are more more commonly worshipped now marvelous so given her age now for those uh, people listening in the lore of this particular world um the protheans were a, a rather advanced race and if i remember correctly they've got temples around the world and i'm not making mm. this up by the way this is the law that cam has made in the past mm. and uh, there was a series of corresponding shields for each prothean temple but not a creator of the shields, but somebody who has encountered all of those shields is a, a somewhat mythical, mad inventor individual by the name of Professor P. Pumpernickel. <laughs> and he's always had a bit of a way with magical items, tools, etc. And he, in Cassidy's travels, because she's an old lass had a bit of a tinker with her magical photos, whole chatters, and has made it. So now it can't be used too much, otherwise it will actually destroy chatters. But every now and then, chatters can absorb spirits, essences. Has to be a damn lot to restore one or two spell slots. (laughs) Hmm. So the question here becomes, how do we activate this ability? (laughs) And I think that it is the voice of Professor P. Pumpernickel that would emanate. You're literally just asking for all the things you want. Oh, Cam, do my favorite voice. Oh, give me my spell slots. And let me also get rid of some some ghosts all in one. Well, it's not that she knows a guy. It's that she knew a guy. <laughs> and that guy was bloody powerful. Now... I've put some caveats on this ability and that it can only be used sparingly, otherwise it would destroy chatters. And I'm letting you do your favourite voice upon its activation. And you can figure out some sort of awesome thing for the voice emanating from chatters to say, invoking Professor P. Pumpernickel in all of his glory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cheeky bastard. You made these rules. You're basically just saying, be funny, please. (laughs) (laughs) Be funny and solve my problems. Uh, You hear, uh, you open uh, Chatter's mouth, and you hear from a far beyond dimension, because from the end of our last game, this character, who was too powerful to be allowed to continue, became a dimension. He is basically a plane unto himself. So through... Uh, chatter's mouth this conduit to the dimensions of of magic and what have you through which this power flows you just hear "Mm, hocus pocus fuck off (laughs) ghostus and stop calling me 
<laughs> uh, and, and Cheddar's mouth just closes. And as it does, uh, a huge, huge crack just forms across his skull. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and you you feel that if you dropped him like from this height, he would probably shatter and chatters would become shatters. Oh, man! <laughs> uh, so be careful with your toys. Okay. You know. <laughs> and from around the corner, you see this this energy form into chatters as you get one of each spell slot back, except for the highest. So I get a uh, level three spell slot, a two, and a one. Yep. And I'll throw in as many cantrips as you want. (laughs) You're such a merciful and benevolent DM. (laughs) Okay, uh, you have spell slots. You have called upon the power of Professor P. Pumpernickel, Esquire. (laughs) TM. And gotten rid of one ghost and received three spell slots. That's one ghost for three spell slots is way more than what I was expecting. That's brutal. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, you need spells back, but you also have to fight the damn ghost. Okay, cool. Yeah, Game yeah. design. <laughs> Hire me, Blizzard. <laughs> Actual wizards of the coast. Yeah. <laughs> Actual wizards, wizards of the coast. Call back to what? Like episode two of Copilot. Yeah, I was trying to think where that was from. Yeah. Episode one, isn't it? For the no, episode, episode two. Amino? That was episode one, right? Oh! And, and yeah, I need your help. Oh, it was. There you go. Uh, and we are using our Amino Dungeons & Dragons toys to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how many ghosts can I perceive? <clears throat> They're ghosts. They're probably see-through. Go on. <laughs> uh, so, they, they seem to be uh, around the corner from you. And Morgan, this wizard, puts one hand on your shoulder and just like, What the hell just happened, Cassidy? What the hell is going on up there? What? What? Uh, Cassidy just whispers magic and skips off towards the corner. <laughs> uh, okay, Morgan just creeps along slowly behind you. Before getting to the corner, Cassidy readies Ray of Frost. Okay. So uh, the trigger for that will be popping around the corner and seeing a spooky boy. Yep, okay. Uh, as you step around the corner, roll... And I kind of check to see what you recognize here. Oh, my Jesus. Oh, that's a three plus seven, ten. Okay, so you see three apparitions. But you know not what exactly they are or what it means. Those look like bookmarks, Cam. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I can find my place in the uh, the monster manual bef- between three different, different types of enemy. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> you didn't roll a sass check. That's always a net one. <laughs> Your IRL characters are like min-maxed for sass. <laughs> Minus points in charisma. <laughs> Please, it's physical stats, and you know it. <laughs> uh, but you see one almost wailing kind of foe. Like an individual that hunts whales. Exactly. Yep. Uh, call me Ishmael, it says. Is that a whaling thing? I think so. Let's say yes. Uh, but it's almost this, this pure white apparition, and you can see kind of long flowing white hair, and it's got its uh, arms and this long kind of flowing white dress, but then the, the legs are kind of where it ghosts out. And you also see on page 147, if you're playing along at home. <laughs> what page do they turn to in Harry Potter? 420. 
<laughs> it's easy, and I went. Four twenty Snape plays mm. it, <laughs> uh, and you see uh, a blue uh, apparition of a man in informal uh, military dress, like you've seen up above, mm-hmm. uh, who has mm-hmm. his his hand on a uh, an ectoplasmic kind of sword. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say ghostly. I wanted a better verb, and I went with the Ghostbusters thing. You're welcome. <laughs> and on page two hundred and seventy-nine, if you if you're still in, if you want to run your own Cassidy Butterbeard campaign, you see what you do know uh, with your role to be a spectre, which is so it's the ghost kind of ghost. Yeah, basically, and like not a very strong kind of powerful ghost. Like uh, he's a wispy boy. He's a he's a Casper the the magic dipshit kind of Casper the disgruntled ghost. He's yeah. a teenager now. Casper the weak, basically. If <laughs> like you know you could you, like if you ran into Casper, you know you could fuck him up, and that's what's going on here. And let's be clear, this is a really good opportunity for Casper the mattress company to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the first I mentioned them and used Casper and Wimpy, and I think dipshit in the same sense. You're wispy and weak. Sponsor us. <laughs> Off to a good corporate start. <laughs> At least when everyone says, you know, we're so glad you never sold out. We can say, yeah, we chose never to sell yeah, out. We had the choice. That was yeah. our decision. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, drink Coke. Anyway. Yeah, you, you fire off. Uh, you have your choice of these three as you, you send off your ray of, of frost. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Okay, Ray of Prost. Yes, we cast Ray of Prost. I'm sorry, that's the wrong accent. <laughs> so as we pop around the corner, kind of Mission Impossible fucking oh, yeah, fingers yeah, finger up in the middle yeah. with like chatters kind of bulging from the hands. <laughs> she go, uh, Cassidy spins the corner and using the magical words says pew and casts Ray of Frost at Casper the Wispy Boy. Okay. What are the effects of that particular spell? It does cold stuff. A frigid beam of blue-white light for the second time this podcast. Uh, So it's a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, it takes 1d8 cold damage. Okay. That's an 11 plus a thing. Ah, a thing. Spell attack bonus, 7? Yes. Okay, so it's 11 plus 7. 18. Uh, That is a hit, oddly enough. Hell yeah, it is. Top of the charts. And I do, or Cassidy does, 1d8 cold damage. That's a one! Hooray! But also, its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of my next turn. Okay. That, my friends, at home is called a consolation. Oh, hold up. I'm holding. Tell a lie. Cassidy is level six, so therefore the damage is increased by 1d8 once you reach level five. Ah. And that's a six, seven damage. Seven damage, that's much better. <laughs> uh, now I need to do some mathematics. Mathematics? Math- Changing the emphasis. So, some math. Muff. Maths, people. <laughs> uh, okay, and that has seemed to have, have blown away some of this ghostly energy on this thing, so it seems to be a... Wispy boy. A good, a good uh, proportion. And uttering to the lovely lass behind me... I know you said you're not particularly useful, but if you can cast a thing, feel free to cast a thing. I, I only, 
I can only do one spell, and I'm pretty sure it won't help here. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'd love to Cassidy. see it. Go on. Um. Okay. She press the digitation. <laughs> uh, she she touches uh, a hand to her chest and recites uh, the national answer. <laughs> And and floats into the air. Cool! Uh, as she casts fly on herself. I'm totally into that. Mm. I probably should have asked what she could have done before. <laughs> uh, and she said, this is, this is literally the only spell I can get to work. I, I've i done the theory. I've read the books. I know I know who invented what spells. I know all the, the effects and the damage and the ranges. But I just can't seem to g- get it to work. And with that... It is the first uh, biggest, meanest-looking baddie's turn. As this banshee, I'll just tell you, because at this point there's no reason not to. The more you know! Yes. (laughs) Casts an attack as it casts Corrupting Touch. A melee attack. As the bad man casts Bad Touch. (laughs) Uh, corrupting touch and uh, touches you on the shoulder and you suddenly feel like listening to metal. <laughs> Good. And mm. what kind of damage does moshing make Cassidy's neck take? Uh, well, oh, shoot. That's a net 20. Okay, then. Okay, then. Uh, so that does 6d6 necrotic damage. 6d... Oh, Jesus. So that's, uh... I mean, at full damage... It's not going to kill me, no. but... Well, well, I mean, it's 66 plus 2, so... Sure. And you're on 38. So if I roll perfectly, you will be ended. Don't tempt the gods. That's 4. Plus 5 is 9. Uh, 6 is 15, 16, 17. Necrotic damage. Okie dokie. Down and to I'd like you to roll a wisdom saving throw. A wisdom saving throw. A wisdom saving throw. Jesus! I really need to shake the dice up a little bit more. With modifier, that is five. Okay. Uh, is she proficient? <laughs> Can you be proficient in this one? Yeah, plus six. So yes. Oh, to saving throws. Yeah. To people at home. I'm a dick. <laughs> plus six! So that is an eight still, which is yep. a thing. Yep. Uh, it's a 14 for Morgan, the cowardly wizard. Uh, so... You are frightened for one minute. Do you know what it means to be frightened? Uh, I can't move towards the target or... I can't remember if I can act against it, um, mm. but I can't move towards the target for the next... What's a minute in this? Was that like six, ten rounds? Yeah, like a long one. Okay. So for those playing along at home, a frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is in is within a line of sight and the creature can't willingly move closer or in my case Cassidy can't willingly move closer to the source of its fear and that's quite a few rounds of combat so uh mm. what yes but uh you will get to roll at the end of your turn otherwise yeah you're in trouble next up is the ghost this uh soldier of of times past who casts possession this ghost uh steps in to the body of Morgan, or at least attempts to, who must roll a charisma saving throw of at least 13, or be possessed. That's two. But Jesus. Uh, so, 
At this point, uh, Morgan is incapacitated and has lost control of her body. Oh, but jeez. Uh, the ghost <clears throat> controls her, but hasn't, doesn't deprive her of awareness. How does one break that? Is it a saving throw on the end of a turn? It lasts until the body drops to zero hit points, or you perform some kind of turn undead spell. Which a cleric would probably have, but most other people are probably not. Mm. Or uh, certain spells, like Dispel, Good and Evil. And the ghost kind of stumbles around in in Morgan's body, kind of not used to her, her long, spindly elf girl legs, but then kind of regains its posure and takes a fight and stands. So this has broken the the casting of Fly with its concentration and she's dropped back down, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Uh, and finally, the Spectre. Can uh, piss off? Well, you know, not particularly powerful. It is going to cast Life Drain. Of course it is. On you. Which is a melee spell attack. But it's... <laughs> Despite your tiny AC of 9... Uh, that is a six. Good. Yep. So, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> okay, uh, back to me then? Yep. Well, it is Morgan's turn. Morgan's turn, And okay. she is just internally screaming. Fantastic. Your thank, turn. Thank you for the horror. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, um, well, so these things are in a cluster presently, yeah? Uh, yeah, basically kind of okay. advancing towards you. Okay. But now Morgan is uh, next to you, and these two are kind of in front as you're kind of right at the corner. Yeah. Uh, right, so we're going to send a message to Pesetsky and ask for some damn assistance. Cool. Because the I know a guy thing was only ever meant to be invoked once per podcast, and I've used it twice. <laughs> so uh, sending a message, 25 words or less, to Pesetsky. Um, in the catacombs... Down through the pit. Please send help. About to die. Need assistance. You may reply to this message. <laughs> 25 exactly. Done. <laughs> and and you kind of wait. And you just hear, I think, Plasetsky accidentally sending you just like the things that are being said to him. Aww. So you just sit here. So you can't go through there. And then, uh, Wizard, what are you doing? And... Good. What in the hell are you doing here? From Adama. <laughs> and then you just hear, wait, how long has there been a, a ladder there? <laughs> it paid off! It paid off! <sighs> you could have also just climbed up the ladder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear, just, um, wait, mm, you survived the fall, right? <laughs> And then you hear a splash. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And for now, the turn will pass uh, to the Banshee. As I think Plasetsky has done far more than he's allowed to on one turn. This is the moment in the podcast where I realised we could have attempted to use Morgan's fly and see if she was strong enough to carry me. We could have also <laughs> climbed up a magical demon ladder. So, here we are. Moving on. Oops. In true Cassidy fashion. Alrighty, then we skip forward mm. into the abyss with a smile. Okay. The Banshee comes at you with a whale. Just uh, a, a horrible, just supersonic. Like a very injuries. large aquatic mammal. You've already made <laughs> the whale pun. Okay. 
I will find another player <laughs> if I have to. Go on. So I need you to make a constitution saving throw. And I believe Morgan has to do the same. I comply. Oh, okay. Twelve. Plus anything? That is with the plus. Okay. You and Morgan drop to zero hit points. Oh, by Jesus. I'm and looking forward to the uh, the very somber score you put over this moment. <laughs> uh, and the, the last thing is you kind of fall to the ground. Very frightened as well. You're, you're very frightened less. Is this kind of military ghost stepping out of Morgan's body as it has dropped to zero hit points. And you just you're like, damn it, I just got in there. Uh, uh, and then you just hear, big on thought. As, like uh, T-H-O-T? Yeah. <laughs> as uh, Plisetsky kind of steps in and pulls you and, and Morgan back up as you are unstable, but he has uh, lifted you back up each to one hit point cool. as you are, are prone on the ground. But Jesus. Mm. And your, your fear has ended, I think, at this point. One would hope. Has been knocked out of you. Okay. All right, well, here we are. Oh, Pesetsky, my boy, thank you so much. And she just gives him a big old squeeze. <laughs> mm. Just a big old squeeze. How does he respond to physical affection? <laughs> he, very, very nonchalantly. Okay. He's just like, hmm. <laughs> that's a thing that's happening now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, his expression just doesn't change. So we've got the girl. Oh, by the way, wizard me, wizard me, wizard, make make introductions yourselves. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> You're just asking me to talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Pesetsky if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you would. <laughs> All right, well, um, no, I uh, was kind of trying to avoid Adama earlier, but... I mean, do you think it's the right move to go back up there and present ourselves back to Adama, who I may or may not be perceived as having just tricked by falling down here and surviving? Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and um, Morgan goes, oh my god, you're, you're Pusket, Pusetsky. I'm a huge fan. I, you, you taught at my class at, at Kelsey University, and you, I'm like, it's such an honor to, to be seeing you. And he just has this, this same blank expression as when you hugged him. He's just like, Hmm. <laughs> Neat. This is an interaction that is being had right now. <laughs> uh, by the way, that question was being posed to you, so I know I realize that you're having a dialogue in a moment. But um, do you think it's wise to go back up to Adama or Morgan? Is there another way out? Morgan says, uh, "Well, I, he he sent you like you're meant to be dead, right? Aye. I mean, he, if you tried to climb the ladder, wouldn't he just? I don't know. I mean, you 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 said you came down here to get me, and he." Wouldn't let you keep me, for, for lack of a better I'm picking better up what you're putting down, so do you think there's a way out? Uh, Plisetsky, at this point, says, This decor looks just like my uh, little hovel, don't you think? Ah. As you think back to the, uh, the, the underground area okay. connected. Yeah, I'm sure there is a degree of familiarity with a few less hags. Well, lead the way and let's see how it, how it pans out, my boy. Hmm. And Morgan just says, What, what, are, what are the... Ghosts, though, uh, as you look forward and you see these, these three ghosts that are still there. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, so Pesetsky did what exactly to the ghosts? Just You're not of... sure. He Some kind of uh, perhaps scaring spell <clears throat> or just uh, light or something. 
Pesetsky can... Is that a thing that persists, or is it a one-off? Mm, more of a, a one-shot. Mm. Well, <laughs> between a rock and a hard place, I'll take the rock, I suppose. Let's go past Adama. Okay. I mean, I can't really perception check to see if there's something else about to this voice I'm now conversing with and I'm not sure where it's coming from, Mr. DM. Uh, Morgan kind of comes up to you and says, oh, Wait, I can I can hit them with a, a spell if you help me. It's just... Sure, my lass. I have this great power that I I don't know how to use. And we, we oh. flash back now, you know, sepia tone, origin story. Uh, as though the ghost is kind of making their way back up this this hallway. There's enough time. So she has an ult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and she said, um, the, the reason I became a wizard, I was just a, a regular elven girl when I was younger. I mean, obviously, when I was younger, I was a... Um, and there was this man in the street at night, and there was, I was alone walking down the street, and he called me over, and he, he seemed very sick. And he said he was a powerful wizard, and that that he was dying. And I said I should go get help. And he said there wasn't. He, he said there wasn't time. And he had something to tell me. And he said that he had the the power of of generations of wizards flowing in him, passed down from one to the next. And and he said that it would die with him unless he could transfer it to another wizard. And I said. I should go and get a wizard then for, for him to transfer it to or someone to, to help keep him alive until we, we find one. And he said, there's there's no time. And I said, well, what do I do? And and he said, the, the only way to pass on this power is through uh, a, a kiss on the lips. And so and and so I, I did what, what anyone would do. And so he is... Call the police. <laughs> and so he is passed on this great power to me, but I, I can't seem to get it to work, and despite all my studies, I can only get the the one spell to work, but it was... I mean, you guys are wizards, that sounds like a real thing, right? Well, I'll tell you what, I've heard all sorts of kind of interesting things going on in the world of magic. One question, could you cast the fly spell before the kiss? Well, no, but I, I, I studied, you see, I, I learned to become a wizard the, the normal way, like, like other people, and and went and to university. I, I know all the theory. I, I should but be no, able to... But nothing happened. You couldn't even cast the fly spell like you did earlier before this event. Is that correct? I never tried because oh. I wasn't learning to be a wizard. Well, I tell you what. If this power is in fact real and authentic, it kind of sounds like a one for all, something you can pass on. So what we'll do is... Pesetsky, do you have a magical focus? Pesetsky just pulls out this old walking stick. Like, hmm... Trust me, my boy. And she grabs kind of Pesetsky's hand that he's holding the cane and puts uh, puts Morgan's hand on that. So Morgan's right hand is on Pesetsky's left hand holding the cane. Mm. And then Cassidy puts Chatters in her right hand with Morgan's left hand on Chatters. You know, kind of mm. one hand under, one hand over. So Morgan now is has contact with two wizards... Their magical focuses and encourages Morgan now. Think inside yourself. Imagine kind of a microwave, and I want you to I want you to turn that microwave on for me, my girl. Just let all of the energy flow out through through the core, out into your extremities, and into us. And let's see what happens. 
Uh, she breathes heavily for a bit and then opens her eyes and says, "Well, and, and uh, you can feel nothing's happened." God damn it! Uh, and she says, <laughs> it, "It can, it can only be passed on uh, through the kiss, uh, like I said, but it, it passes on all of the person's powers." I, I wouldn't be able to do anything if I if I g- gave it away. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want you to give it away, my girl. I want you to let it loose, let the font of magic out of you, direct it at the ghosts, do some damage. I mean, can you teach me how to to whiz? I mean, how to wizard? I mean, how to be a what? What's the the feeling inside? Like, I know the theory, but okay. What's it like to to shoot a magic missile? <laughs> okay, so when I said the word microwave, it didn't really mean much to you, did it? No, that's not a thing. Okay, okay, no microwaves in this world. Check. Um, right, what I want you to imagine is in your chest. I want you to imagine every wizard you like, every wizard you've idolized. Can you picture them for me? She just nods. Okay, cool. You give them any colours you like. You can see their silhouettes. See the power passing from one to the other to the other. And now feel, for me, it's a warmth. For me, when I picture this, it's a warmth. It's like a fire, but not hot. It's it's cool. It's uh, kind of the, the same temperature as my body, you understand? And that is coming from every wizard who has inspired me in to my chest and out through my fingers. Can you feel that? Can you feel it radiating? You see this, like, this just slight smile, this serenity on Morgan's face as she slowly nods. Marvellous, my girl. Let that power, the warmth, let it swirl around in your chest for a bit. Let it build into a ball of energy and light and magical wonder and ghosts. Ghosts, Let it out towards the ghosts. Let it out now, my girl. Through your arms, through your fingers, through the focus. Uh, And you hear Morgan as she puts her hands together and then kind of puts them behind her back and yells, Magic! (laughs) Missile! As she tries to to Kamehameha these missiles out and you see a dart of magical energy shoot from her hands uh, towards one of these things. Uh, Only one as it does three damage. Very good. And she is like cheering up and down like, yeah, yeah, I did it. I I, I feel like any wizard probably could have done that. And that's just kind of my own power. But I did it. Uh, As the the Banshee is three health uh, weaker and Plusetsky, for his turn, casts a healing spell. Marvellous. On the each of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he puts his hands forward and then leans them back and yells, uh, Gallic Gun Ha! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just yells, Healing! <laughs> and he just has just like this dumb smile on his face. Just like this dumb expression. That is his. <laughs> no, he just thinks, oh, is that what we're meant to do? <laughs> this is what the kids are doing mm. today. Uh, as you are each healed four, five, eight, six, eight, 29 HPs. Wow. Okay, cool. Mm. Very good indeed. And whose turn is it now? What's happening? Uh, the turn is yours. Ah, oh, marvelous. marvelous. The, the wizards are here. Uh, Obviously, the wizards are here, uh, but the uh, the ghosties are here. So it's going to be it's going to be you, and then uh, the ghosts, and then Cassidy holds Chatters one hand on top of the other, with Chatters in the middle, and starts kind of rubbing him like a like a (laughs) like a balloon almost, Mm. conjuring static electricity. Morgan is just like, didn't didn't that just like almost crack? 
should you? It's a gentle rubbing, don't you mind me? Don't you mind what I rub, my girl? <laughs> and uh, casts Shatter, which is a spell I've, I'd never heard before, actually, which is really, really mm. cool. Um, I believe it's DLC. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so each creature in a 10-foot radius sphere, I presume that they're... Mm. Okay, marvellous. Um, Constitution save. A creature uh, takes 3d8 damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful. Okay. She's becoming a bit of a sparky wizard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all fire and lightning. Oh, and I suppose there's been some frost, but hey. Yeah, mainly, <clears throat> yeah, mainly some Stop. frosty. Stop! We don't talk about that. We don't talk, we don't talk about the frost. I was going to mention electricity, but yeah. Oh, good. Okay, shush. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so, the Banshee fails. Why do I feel so much guilt over imaginary characters? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a good DM. Oh, cool. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. Uh, the ghost fails. I don't need to. The audience tells me. <laughs> and the ghost fails. Ghosts and constitution don't really uh, mix. Marvelous. So, what are the results? Three D eight <clears throat> seven eleven twelve damage. Oof. 12 damage, a creature of inorganic material has disadvantage on a save, so that doesn't really matter. Anyway. Uh, no magical object, not being worn or carried also takes damage, but I don't think that counts. Yep. So there you go. Okay, well, the, uh, <clears throat> the spectre, mm-hmm. uh, the weaker of the three, has perished. Yes. Uh, and the other two are looking not so crash hot. Lovely. As we pass on to their turn. And the Banshee comes in for a corrupting touch once more on you. Bad touch, bad touch. As you start getting into punk now as well. <laughs> uh, that is a hit for one, six, seven, eight, nine necrotic damage. Okie dokie. And then the regular ghost. Does not get his possession back, so it shall cast Withering Touch. On whom? It is the question. I think it is going to cast this on Morgan. Poor Morgan, because it fit. That's the wrong dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck. That's a fail. Which is good, because Withering Touch does a lot. And we are, we are back to Morgan, who uh, holds both hands together now. And then puts one behind her on on each side with kind of like hands at her waist, almost like ready to to rapid fire punch as she she puts her hands forward and, and yells magic missile uh, once more. And now two darts come out. As she's starting to improve as she is learning to whiz. <laughs> uh, and she does six, seven, eight magical damage. But Jesus to the. Jost, or ghost, as they say in every language. Uh, and Plasetsky just says, mm, I kind of used most of my magic. If you want me to help at the, the flood thing, I'm going to stop here. That's fine, my boy. You fall into a bit of a supporter all then. Just make some pom-poms or something. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, just kind of standing behind you. He goes, Go team! <laughs> Plus one charisma for everyone. <laughs> team, team, you can do it. 
If you can't do it, we're going to die. Go team. Cassidy doesn't look at him, but she just turns Chatters to look at him. (laughs) And Chatters looks disappointed. (laughs) Give me a tea. Oh. (laughs) This is just resounding disappointment when nobody gives him a tea. (laughs) Right, focusing on the fight, focusing on the fight. So, let's cast... Let's cast another Ray of Frost. A classic. Ray of Frost is a classic. So, uh, using Ray of Frost, range spell attack, four, which, uh, plus seven, eleven. On whom? Uh, mm, who looks the weakest? <laughs> uh, the regular ghost. Regular boy. The, the Banshee's kind of the, the tough of foe. It's on the regular boy. Uh, that is just a hit, and it'll be one off for the Banshee. Oh. So, well chosen. Chose after you should have, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, do whatever it is what you're going to do. 1d8. Oh, sorry. 2d8, as we figured out earlier, because I am above... Cassidy is above 5th level. Mm. 7, 8, 9. Gorgeous. That is 9 damage to our ghastly friend. And the Banshee gets to play once more. You! Why am I excited about that? I don't know. <laughs> Also, all of these enemies have uh, resistance to uh, uh, non-magical attacks. So having a team of wizards is kind of... Marvellous. Spot on. Only chosen because they seem like good catacomb enemies. It seems I mean, thematic. I mean, planning. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be another uh, corrupting touch. Somebody's going to report her to HR, I swear. <laughs> uh, awful. So, that is another 3d6 plus 2 damage mm-hmm. because she hit you because your armor class is very weak. That is 5, 6, 7, 8 whole damages. Oh no! Mm. To me, yes. Yep. Very good. Ooh, mm. 12 hit points. Mm. It's clutch. Yeah, she's going, Ooh, I bet you're scared. Cassidy's just blinking. <laughs> just... More than normal, more than she should, probably. Mm. But, yeah, just spot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the uh, the soldier. Hey, the spooky boy. Mm. Still has not recharged his possession, sadly. Although neither Morgan's nor uh, Plusetsky's are the most powerful bodies to be jumping into, anyway. Mm. So this ghost will uh, use its etherealness action to head into the ethereal Plane. Okay, bye-bye. And yeah, basically... Stay hi. there! And you, you can't see where it is at this point. Okay, sure. Uh, and the turn passes to Morgan, who, who is getting very confident now and goes for a full just... Special beam cannon? <laughs> no, she's playing it cool this time. She <laughs> she pulls out uh, shades that she had hanging on the front of her oh, Def Leopard shirt it. and just puts them on as a magic missile. <laughs> uh, and only one comes out this time oh good <laughs> uh, but it's a four damage plus one is uh, five to the banshee who being naughty in thy sight shall snuff it fucking what <laughs> modified in quotes don't mind me <laughs> oh I'm ashamed now <laughs> that was a holy grail yeah. quote yep. you should have gotten that <laughs> uh, and now uh, Plasetsky on his turn's Please give me an F. F. 
Wait, no, that's shit. I was playing team. <laughs> what? Gen- Cass- Cassidy cast. I genuinely didn't intend to say F. I don't know why I said that. You're admitting <laughs> that on air. I am. <laughs> oh, I think I'm getting too much into the character of uh, of Plasetsky. I'm into it. That's a very that character thing. It to is do. called roleplay for a reason. Yeah. And, uh, and now the turn is yours. Uh, make a ranged melee spell attack on a hit. The target takes 1d10 fire damage. The spell's damage increases. Did you say a ranged melee spell attack? I did, but I meant <laughs> make a ranged spell attack. And I should have been using Firebolt because there's 1d10 on uh, additional on a fifth level. So, going fire whiz this time. Uh, ranged spell attack. Bang. If you're having trouble with fire whiz, uh, you should see a doctor. Seriously. <laughs> You've likely got some kind of UTI. So, uh, 13 plus 7. The antibiotics work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a solid hit. Hell yeah. Uh, 2d10. I forgot how much I min-maxed that character when I made her. For a small one-off roll, which then <laughs> continued into this. 15. 15 damage? Yeah. Look at you go! <laughs> Maybe d10's my lucky dice. Yeah. There are no fun blue objects down here, are there? <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> it is not established. You're in a like a sewer during a flood. Yeah, but if the, anything, the methane's going to get you. But if but history <laughs> is to have any say in what your brain's doing, <laughs> mm, well, this isn't really a, a casting an ice storm during a storm storm kind of situation. So I think we're fair play, <laughs> fair play. Carry on. Ah. Uh, Okay, uh, the turn is that of the Banshee, which will try again to corrupt you because, look, she didn't have a lot of moves. That is a three plus four is a seven. Doesn't hit you for once. Yay! Oh, fuck. I wish the podcast could communicate Mm. you waving your arms in the air doing (laughs) that. You're and doing that for nobody other than either yeah. me or yourself. It's to get into character. <laughs> I can't get that vibrato without waving my arms around. He's doing it again. Exactly. Well, of course, I've got that vibrato. It's the only way <laughs> and the ghost is still in the ethereal plane. Very good. Uh, so the turn goes to Morgan, who... It's just magic missile! Just full on yell and, and throws an arm right out there. And just nothing happens. Aww. And she just looks at you. And like, hey, boss, do you think this is like a, a spell slot thing? Like you said? Because mm. I've been chucking them out there. You know what, my girl? Um, I think you should have one more in you. I'll, I'll give it my best. Good on you. And we, we pass to Plasetsky now. Just give, give me a... You, give you, me a T. T. Give me an I. I? Give me an M. Um, go team! So do we have a team here that I'm not aware of? What? A, a team. A T-I-M. Go team, I said. Okay. Okay, my boy. And she casts another firebolt at the uh, <laughs> at the Banshee. As you're doing that, he's like, honestly, are you stupid or something? Uh, and give us that, uh, that wonderful, wonderful attack of yours. Boop! Oh, that's a nine to hit. No. Well, okay then. <laughs> Is that it for you? Okay. Uh, the Banshee decides to uh, evacuate because it is low on health 
uh, as it, it steps away from your range, which grants you disengage or attack of opportunity. Attack of opportunity, yes, as it as it stepped out of your melee it's range. Not, uh, it's not a rogue; it doesn't have disengage. I don't know what my problem mm. with that, but um, attack of opportunity, and um, that's a melee attack, is it not? I believe it's an attack of your choice. Oh, marvelous! It is marvelous. Oh, so I could be wrong, but I don't care. Rule of cool. Oh, actually, no. Cassidy has the uh, the magical whiz opportunity ability. Uh, it's a co-pilot's exclusive. <laughs> uh, but uh, for attacks of opportunity, she can use any spell she chooses. So Goat tries to get off that failed um, firebolt with an eighteen plus seven. That will do it. Marvelous. And we have a doop, uh, seven plus eight, so it's another uh, it's another fifteen. Okay. Let me just do some. Quick accounting, uh, if you're on the uh, page 23, of course, of the Monster Manual, you can count along with me <laughs> and see that I'm making it up. <laughs> uh, let's see if we add... What was the number again? That is a 15. A 15. 43 plus 15. That is the kill, my friend. Yay! In the In the fashion of Matthew Mercer, how do you want to do this? <laughs> what? Listen to Critical Role! Listen to it. So this is another excellent opportunity for uh, a podcast, in this case, to sponsor the co-pilot show. In the <laughs> so we've got Casper Mattresses being uh, weak and wispy. And we have uh, Critical Role as well, which only Cam needs to listen to. Yes. What is, what is the reference here that I'm missing? Okay, so... What does in, it mean? In Critical Role, uh, when you get the killing strike on an enemy and now... Out of everybody in the party sitting around this table, I'm happy that I got the killing stroke. It's very good. Mm. Um, and you get to paint a word picture as to how the creature dies. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, it's just uh, an explosion of ectoplasm. Screaming in hellfire. Yeah. Yep. Hellfire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are covered in uh, white ghostly ectoplasm. Grant me sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> How many hunchback uh, of Notre Dame fans yeah. are out there? <laughs> we got a Maria. You know I am a righteous man. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what this podcast has become. I, I was hoping I could come up with something funny for that second line by the time I got there. I'm, I'm, I'm but happy. I, I just kind of sung the first two lines. But that's fine. Uh, and you are in like, physically quite a state. Like... <laughs> Your your outfit, your whiz robes is kind of all torn up. You're completely drenched. Uh, now covered in ghostly ectoplasm. Uh, I think your spine is probably not completely <laughs> right. Uh, just uh, for looking at it. Uh, your beard is probably pretty singed as well. Uh, hair a mess. Uh, so not looking too good. Uh, Pesetsky, uh, is prestidigitation a wizard thing? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and just like, give me a tea. <laughs> uh, and as you're hunched over laughing, uh, you hear, magic missile! Uh, as you see three bolts God damn it. <laughs> of, of powerful magic uh, fly past you as they deal 17 magic damage. As they hit this ghost, which, for its turn, has tried to appear behind you for a stealth attack as it steps out of the material plane. And you see uh, you see Morgan uh, with her arms outstretched, 
Uh, and you know enough about Magic Missile to know that she has cast this at well above uh, first level. Ah! Uh, as she is breathing heavily and her, her hands are physically singed uh, from the power of this. And she she looks up. Her hair is like like down over her face now. And she she looks up as with one hand. She, she sweeps it away and gives you a smile and a thumbs up and then collapses into the water. Cassidy's just, as she's collapsing back before Cassidy realizes Morgan is collapsing back, is just clapping furiously <laughs> with chatters ha- dangling off the beads. Just, oh, well done, McGill. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... Plasetskis is like, T-I-M, T-I-M, team, team, team. Just <laughs> clapping along. Almost just like eyeing you off and in this disagreement of spelling. <laughs> Cassidy winks. Mm. And that is a good spot to leave it, I think. Ah, oh, well, there's quite a few close shaves in this particular episode <laughs> because now Cassidy Butterbeard's breaking the fourth wall and has become a member of the podcast above the table. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the next time for a... Uh, for our anime. It's like, yo, it's me, Goku. Check us out next time to see me fuck up Cell. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's that kind of thing where it's an in-character next time on. Uh, speaking of which, we will see you next time for... On Dragon Ball Z! <laughs> for uh, what may be the finale, either one or two episodes, we'll see how it pans out. It might just end up being an extra long episode. If we care to do that, we'll see uh, how much content there is. But I hope you've been enjoying... Uh, any last words, Andy or Cassidy? I love you all, my gorgeous listeners, and I'll speak to you in the next episode. <laughs>